Welcome once again. It's nice to see everyone back, especially those of you who were here last week and the week before that. Who was here last week? I just want to see. Yeah, yeah, raise your hand. Don't worry. I'm not going to call you up here. And, uh, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice for you to come back. <laughs> it was pretty heavy last week um, because this topic of the sovereignty of God is, is that. It's huge and heavy. Uh, so it's nice that you came back. Hopefully um, you thought about what was said last week and uh, researched for yourself. If you have any questions, I know a lot of you do. Um, so my purpose is not to convince you of my uh, point of view when it comes to this topic, but for you to um, think uh, and then search and see for yourself. Uh, what does it mean for God to be sovereign? So last week, that's what we tried to answer. Uh, we tried to answer a couple of questions, actually, throughout, throughout this mini-series. Uh, the first question that we tried to answer was, what does it mean for God to be sovereign? Um, and then from there, we kind of, the answers to that, we kind of kept adding layers to it, right? For God to be sovereign means that he's Lord, he's king, he's ruler. Then we add another layer to that. We said that for God to be sovereign means he can override any other power, uh, even, even overrode or overrule the power of death through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He defeated death in that. So for God to be sovereign, he can override, overrule any power, but nobody can override his or overrule his, right? From there, we added that he is sovereign both in the spiritual and in the physical. You guys remember this? I hope, because I'm not going to repeat that whole thing. Just watch the message again. Um, and then last week, we added another layer to God's sovereignty, that he is sovereign when it comes to his choices, that nobody can tell him what to choose, nobody can question his choices. Um, so kind of answered and are continuing to answer that question of what does it mean for God to be sovereign. As a verb, the word will means to determine for a desire to happen. Get that? To determine for a desire to happen through an act or through a choice. So in Tagalog, yung kagustuhan mo para mangyari, you have to actionan mo. Or you mag, mag, mamili ka kung paano mo ito magagawa. So as a verb, that's, that's will as well. To determine through an action or through a choice. So when you think, when you think about the word will, that's, that's why I think a lot of people get confused with will being their choice. No. We all have wills, right? But to make that happen, we need to act on it through decisions, choices that we make. In other words, as a verb, as an action, to will for something to happen is to determine or to execute or to make a desire happen by an act or by a choice. And uh, I believe that's why a lot of people, both Christians and non-Christians, confuse this term free will to be the freedom to choose. And as we saw by the way the word will is defined, that our freedom to choose and our actual desires, they're 
They're different. So in fact, we can say that the will of a person is executed or determined or made to happen through that person's actions and choices. And that's mainly the reason why I do not agree with human beings having free will. Okay? Because ultimately, listen to this. If you really break it down, all of our decisions or choices, all of them, they're influenced by or tied to something else or someone else in order for us to make our will happen. Get that? If you want to make your will happen, you have to make a choice. And for your will to happen, the choices that you make has to, you know, uh, has to be right, like to make your will happen. Otherwise, you make the wrong choice, your will doesn't happen. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That means that we alone cannot determine or make our will happen. There is always something that hinders us from acting on our will. That means that a human being's decision or choice is not final when it comes to, their, to making their will happen. There are so many factors that are, have to line up in order for our will to actually happen. Right? Like some of you are probably, think about it. Think about all, think about your will, what you really want to happen. And think about, does it always happen? Sometimes. Sometimes, no. Because there's so many factors involved. Right? There's so many choices that we, can, we have to make. Now, the question is this. What is the will or the desire of a human being? We have lots of them. Like, right now, my will is for you to understand. I want that to happen for you. That's my desire. Is it my strongest desire? No. But I want that to happen for you, for you to understand what I'm saying here. But ultimately, what is the will or the desire of human beings? I'm going to say and I'm going to argue that at the very core, all human beings have the will or have the same will or desire. At its very core, all human beings have the same will or desire. And what is that? To be rich, no. <laughs> to be happy. Right? Let me ask you guys. Anybody here don't want to be happy? We all want to be happy. There's no human being alive that does not desire to be happy in everything that they do. That's why you choose what you choose. Because you think that your choice is going to make you happy. So when we think about our will... All human beings at the very core have that desire to pursue 
happiness. Some at any cost. Right? I want to be happy. Um, Pascal Blaise, a French mathematician and philosopher and theologian, once said this, and I quote, All men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever means they employ, they all tend to this end. It doesn't matter what they choose to do. It always leads to them, to their pursuit of happiness. The cause of some going to war and of others avoiding war is the same desire in both, attended in different views. You get that? Some people, they, they want to go to war. That's what makes them happy. Some people, no, I don't want to go to war because this is what <laughs> makes me happy. Right? Different views, same desire. The will never takes the least step but to this object. What's that object? Happiness. This is the motive of every action of every man, even those who hang themselves. Even those who kill themselves, ultimately, their will is to be happy. Agree? Yes. We all want to be happy. Now, in order for us to be happy, what do we need to do? We need to exercise our freedom to choose whatever it is that we think will bring us the most happiness. In order for us to make our will or get our will done, we have to choose how. What is it that's going to make me the most happy? Now, for those of you who are already sleeping, that's your will. That's fine. That's what makes you happy. Good. Choose to sleep. That's fine. It's what makes you happy, right? <laughs> so, at least your will is getting done. Uh, <laughs> now, here's the question. Does all of our decisions or choices lead to happiness and then ultimately that desire for happiness all of your decisions choices lead to that i would say yes sometimes and no not always why do i say that because uh, those of us who are hungry right now later on your will will be done <laughs> Right? Because you're going to eat. And that's it. No more hunger. I'm happy. No more hangry. Does our decisions ultimately lead to our will, ultimate desire for happiness? Sometimes yes. Sometimes no. Therefore, this means that the will of man is never really free. Because to be free or to have freedom is defined as this, not under the control or in the power of another, or able to act or be done as one wishes. So since we cannot, within ourselves, make our will done or accomplish our will that is dependent on choices that we make, and by the way, 
these choices that you have are also determined by someone else. <laughs> right? It's not like when you go to McDonald's and say, yeah, my will today is to have a pizza. Can you, can you get that done in McDonald's? No, because they give you a set of choices. Who chose those? Who chose to put Big Macs and nuggets in there? How come there's not more salads? How come there's not more healthy choices? Because your choices as well are predetermined. Right? That's why when there's election and there's only two choices, you have no choice. <laughs> You're like, okay, if I choose one, and if I choose this other one, they're both idiots. Do I really have a choice? No, we think we do. So there's, the, there's all these obstacles in front of your will. That's why I say for us to have free will means for us to determine our own will, to make our own will happen. And that's not possible. To be free is to be not under the control or in the power of another or to be able to act or, to be, or be done as one wishes. Or you can define freedom or being free as not or no longer confined or in prison. Think about where we are right now. Some of us don't want to wear masks. Some do. We give you the freedom to choose. But really, do you really have the freedom of will? No, not really. Just leave this building, then you can do whatever you want. No, but not really, because there's laws out there. <laughs> you have to choose whether to obey or not. Our inability to make our will happen, no matter what choices we make, means that our will is somehow limited by other factors and therefore is not free. Do you agree against that? Do you, against that. Do you agree with that definition? There are so many unknown variables that can, can get in the way of our own wills. Number one is ourselves. Number one thing that gets in the way of your own will is yourself. Why do I say that? Let me give you an illustration. When you hear the saying, Somebody is holding you against your will. What does that mean? Think about it. That somebody is forcing you to do something that you don't want to do. That's what I mean, right? So some person is restricting you from being happy, in a sense. Right? Now, what about the saying... Willpower. What does willpower really mean? Why do you need willpower? Let me give an example. A lot of you are, you know, talking about, I'm going to go on diet. I want to lose weight. I'll go on diet, lose weight. I'm not saying that because I lost some weight. 
But with diet will also come that. Willpower. Why do you need willpower? Because you need to go against your will. <laughs> What's our will? When it comes to dieting, I don't want to diet. I want to eat and eat and enjoy. And that's why you need willpower to go against your own will. Imagine even yourself is an obstacle to your own will. <laughs> and there's so many others, so many other hurdles that we need to overcome in order for us to make our will actually happen. And the sad part is that no matter how many hurdles we overcome, we ultimately end up going back to the start of our pursuit of happiness. Right? Think about, again, I'm going to use food as an example, okay? Because everybody can relate to food. Um, when you're hungry, and I used this example last week uh, to a couple of our brothers here. When you're hungry, what do you have to do? Eat. Okay? With that comes a decision, right? What's the decision that you have to make? What to eat. Now, when you eat, is what you're doing really just getting rid of hunger? Or is what you're doing trying to accomplish your will? What's, what's our ultimate will, by the way? To be happy. When you eat something, ultimately that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to be happy. Because nobody likes to, that feeling of hunger. That's why nobody wants to diet. Right? So because you're not happy, because you're hungry, you have to eat. But when you, have to, but when you decide to eat, you have to decide what to eat. Now what if, um, like me, I'm a very picky eater. What if the, the food that I really want to eat is not in our potluck? I don't like pancit. I don't like, before I don't like vegetables. Now I kind of eat some, but I can't eat okra. What if that's, that's all that's there? <laughs> Did I really accomplish my will? Did I really get my will done? No, but I chose. And after eating okra, I'm not hungry, but I'm not satisfied. And I'm still not happy. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Even that is an obstacle. Even if you think that you are accomplishing your will, you end up going back to the start. And listen, what if you did get what you want to eat? And you, you ate it. And you're satisfied. You're happy. A couple of hours later, it's here again. I'm hungry again. Some of us, a couple of minutes later, I'm hungry again. Now you have to choose again to get your will done. And you, we've been doing that since we were born. <laughs> so ultimately, no. We can't get away from that. And that's why I say there's no such thing as free will for human beings. Now, that's coming from me. Now, what does the Bible say about it? Check out Romans 6. This is one of our texts. 16 to 23. You guys read it. 
web things. I don't know if you caught it, but what's Paul's bottom line here? Paul's bottom line here, that the human being will never be free. It's always under slavery to either sin or righteousness. It's always at the command or at the rule or something else. As far as Paul is concerned, there is no such thing as free will. Now, do we have the freedom to make our own choices and decisions? Yes. But see what Paul says there too. Paul's saying that our choices and decisions that we make are always going to be governed or influenced by something else. That's why I said that earlier, that even the choices that are given to you are predetermined. Like the moral choices that we have, they're predetermined, right? Good and bad, right and wrong, and then you choose. Who determined those choices for us? God. So for him, he's the one who set the standard, what's good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong. That's why he has free will, because he can do that. Us, we can't. We only have a choice. Good or bad, right and wrong. And our will is determined by what we choose. We have freedom to make our own choices? Yes. But they're influenced. That's why a lot of us, or a lot of us, if given the options, our tendency is always to choose the wrong. Paul is saying that, right? Because we were slaves to sin. What does sin mean? Sin means to miss, to miss the mark. Right? You're always missing, we're always missing the mark when it comes to this. So, so if that's our nature, that's inherent in us to miss marks. You always get lost. You always get distracted. No decision that we make that is not governed by either our sinful nature or for those of us who are being saved, God's Holy Spirit. In fact, I want you to listen to this. 
And by the way, bato-bato sa langit, tama ay pangit. Okay? You know why tama ang pangit? Because they're like this. They get angry. Okay? If your understanding of free will is total freedom, okay, the way I just explained it, if that's your understanding of free will, of free will total freedom to decide on your own, that in itself is a product of sinful nature. <laughs> if you think that having free will means you can't tell me anything, I want to do what I want to do, and nobody else can tell me anything, I'll do what I want to do, that in itself is a product of your sinful nature. It's like saying, I don't want to hear anyone's opinion regarding my decision. I'll determine what's best for me and what I think is right or not right. In other words, those of us who have this understanding of free will as in total freedom is us wanting to be sovereign. If that's you, that's what you're doing. I want to be sovereign. I want to be ruler. I want to be in control. I don't want anybody to overrule me. I want to be just like God. Now, if you think about that, who were the first people who wanted to be like God? Number one is Lucifer. That's why he got kicked out of Lucifer wanted to take the place of God. He wanted to be sovereign. What about for us, for human beings? Adam and Eve. They ate the fruit forbidden. Because how, how, how were they tempted? Oh, you'll be just like God. Knowing good and evil. Wanted to be sovereign. And what happened to them? They fell into sin. Because ultimately, only God is sovereign. Okay? And this is why I believe that ultimately only God has free will. Because He's the only sovereign God. Human beings are just free agents. What does a free agent mean? It means that you are free to make decisions and choices. But whose decisions and choices are always governed by or influenced by something or someone else. Look at our study of Proverbs, if those of you who attend. There's always a, the, the, the father in Proverbs talking to his son. is always giving the son a choice. Right? Son, follow this. Well, he's not forcing the son to follow. He's just saying this is the wise choice. We always have decisions and choices but those are tainted because of our sinful nature that's why it's so easy for us to get angry at somebody that wrongs us very easy so it's for, so easy for us to be judgmental because as human beings you think you're right and when the other person doesn't agree with you ah, I don't like that part. 
so easy for us to do that. That's in our nature. That's who we, who we are. Right? Now, having said all that, let's go back to our original question. What does it mean for God to allow Pharaoh's heart to be hardened? And if God allowed for it, is Pharaoh still responsible for his decisions and actions? I'm going to go back to this. I already said this last week. I'm going to say it again. God, in his sovereignty, chose not to show mercy to Pharaoh because he wants Pharaoh to accomplish his purposes in the lives of the Israelites and in the lives of the Egyptians. Have you ever asked yourself why it took ten plagues? Why not just one? You ever asked that? Why ten? Because every time that God is about to send a plague, what does he do? He warns first. This is what's going to happen if you don't let my people go. What is God doing there? He's giving Pharaoh a choice. But does, what does Pharaoh decide to do ten times? Choose wrong. Why? Because it's in his nature to do so. Right? That's why you can't. That's why you shouldn't have pet lions. <laughs> Those of you who like pets, don't get a pet lion or a pet rattlesnake or a pet anaconda. This is dumb. Why? Because in their nature, naturally, lions eat people like us. They eat meat. We're meat. That's in their nature. They can't help it. Pharaoh's the same way. <laughs> can't help it. That's in his nature and God in his sovereignty because he knows, beginning from end, he chose, I'm not going to show mercy because I need to save my people. This is what I want to do. This is my will. So in his mercy, Paul says in Romans 9, God will show mercy to whom he will and he will harden whom he will. In God's sovereign choice, he didn't soften Pharaoh's heart. But was he still merciful? Yes, that's why there's 10 plagues. So ultimately, is, was, is Pharaoh responsible for his decisions? Yes. He made those decisions. But his decisions were tainted. He made his own decisions. And because of his sinful nature, instead of submitting to God and surrendering to his will to God, Pharaoh chose the opposite. He's free to do that, and he's responsible for that. It's like when Eli was a, a baby. I, I told this story before. Uh, he wanted to touch the hot stove. So what do I do as a father? No, don't do that. No, don't do that. And then in my sovereign fatherly will, so to speak, I say, you know what? kulit mo. Go ahead, touch it. Did he get hurt afterwards? Yes. Is it? My fault? Was I a neglectful parent? Or was it his fault for being stubborn? 
Could I have prevented it? Yeah. I got forced him out. No. But I didn't. Why? Because I wanted to learn. And I wanted to also see that even though, yeah, he screwed up, I'm not going to say, you're not my son anymore. <laughs> some of you know where I'm going with this, but some of you don't. <laughs> right? Could, uh, could God have stopped Pharaoh? Could he have softened his heart? No. Or yes, he could have. But he chose not to. Right? And that's the issue that Paul is dealing with in chapter 9. Because somebody's asking, why didn't he? Why didn't God choose Pharaoh? Or why didn't God uh, soften Pharaoh's heart? What's Paul's answer to that? Can't question him. That's the only thing we don't, I don't have an answer to, is why God does what he does. There are some answers to it revealed in Scripture, but this one, none. Only to say that us questioning God's motives when it comes to his choices is us taking sovereignty away from him. That's why we, we shouldn't. It's not like we know more than him. We don't. And if you think about it, what's <laughs> Pharaoh is a picture of us, right? That we have that nature. We have that nature as well. But because of God's grace, he was able to accomplish his self-saving purpose for the lives of us who, here who believe, right? That's why if you read back Romans, Romans 9, if you read back to Romans 9, uh, 17. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose, I have raised you up that I might show my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth, 18, so that he has mercy to... Oh, that's not the one. Sorry. 15, sorry. For he says, 9.15, For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. 16. Can you guys show Romans 9.16? So then it depends not on what? Human. What does it say there? It depends not on human. Why do you think Paul would say that? It depends not on your will. Because we don't, our will ultimately is not to want God. It's to be angry with God. It's to, I don't want God. That's our will. That's our sinful Nature, but thank God that it doesn't depend on that. Because if it did, none of us will be saved. Oh, somebody, what is that? They're watching. How does mercy's God come about? How do we receive it? It doesn't depend on your will. <laughs> because your will is just going to lead you straight to hell. But thank God it doesn't depend on that. Thank God it, it depends on God, who is good and just and sovereign to make his will happen in your life. That's why when people say, no, I want my own, I want my free will. Why? <laughs> it's going to get you in trouble. God is the one who will give mercy because in his wisdom, 
in His sovereignty. He's the only one who can get it done, who can accomplish it in our lives. Right? Romans 9, 19 to 24. You guys read it. Did you, did you see that? What Paul's doing here? Paul's saying God chose not to have mercy on Pharaoh and the Egyptians first because in his sovereignty he wanted them to see his wrath and power. And I said this at the beginning of this uh, series in Exodus. Right? God wanted to, them to see that the gods that they were worshipping in Egypt were fake and that he was the only one and true God. And then if you read the, verse 23, chapter 9, What's the other purpose? In order to make known the riches of His glory for vessels of mercy, which He has prepared beforehand. Who are these? The remnants of Israel and or the children of promise. And in 24, He says this, Even us, whom He has called not from the Jews only, but also from Gentiles. God being sovereign means that He has total authority and power and freedom to save. Aren't we thankful that He did or that He has? That He never left it to our own will? Because if He did, we'd all be <laughs> like Pharaoh, right? His freedom to save is also governed by His grace. So when we, choose a, when we think about God's sovereignty, yes, He's all-powerful. Yes, nobody can overrule Him. Yes, He has the freedom to choose. But His freedom to choose is not just governed by mercy and justice, also grace. He has the power to turn a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. In his own sovereignty. In his own sovereign choice and will. God, because of God's grace, he rooted his promises not on works, not on ethnicity, not on our own wills. He rooted it in faith. The believing in his son for salvation. And in His grace, He is the, also the one who gives faith to those of us who believe. So not only can the Jews be saved, but anyone else who puts their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Check out Romans 10, 
5 to 13 and Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. We're not going to read it. Just read it on your own. Romans 10, 5 to 13. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. He even helped us because it's hard to believe. In fact, in fact it's impossible. Especially to hear what we're, what we're being presented here. It's hard. But in God's mercy, is he able to allow us, help us to understand it? Yes, by his grace. So my hope is that in having this foundation on the sovereignty of God, we can read about the 10th plague and not look at God as sadistic or as a sadistic tyrant who has no mercy. I pray that we see the opposite, that because of God's mercy and grace, and ultimately his great love for his children, he was willing to go to the extreme in order to accomplish his plan of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the tenth plague may not seem right in our own eyes, but who are we to question sovereign God? His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are infinitely above our own. Our response should be that of faith in his goodness and his wisdom to accomplish His sovereign purpose and will for those of us who are His. That's, that's God. That's how sovereign He is. How does that apply to us? We trust in that sovereignty. Right? That even though we make the wrong choices, and I, say, I said this during our Sunday school, we make the wrong choices, God, if, if God wills, he will use that for your good. Right? Romans 8, 28. How did, how, how did we come about to be here right now listening to this? We all made wrong choices, but somehow we're here. Because in God's sovereign will and in, in His grace, He brought us here to hear this. And I hope that the effect of this in you is that, yes, Thank God that it's not, it's not about me. It's not dependent on me. It's all His to give and ours to humbly receive. Amen? Now, next time, we're going to take a look at the 10th plague again and why it's a pointer to that salvation that can only be found in Jesus Christ. Uh, hopefully, you guys will come back. And join us again for that. Amen. Let's pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you. And give you peace. And give you peace. And give you peace. The Lord make his face to shine upon Just.